Meet the Skywalkers by Frodogenic. Read by Sam Gabriel. Based on the works of George Lucas. Chapter 12 Glad to be putting Coruscant behind you? Piet grimaced, still shaking at his fingers. Very much so. If he had to shake one more claw, paw, fin, or hand ever again, it'd be too soon. But the last toast had been drunk, the last Senate Budget Subcommittee meeting endured, the last job proposal from Aaron Kraken dodged, the last dig from Borsk Falia gritted out. In less than twenty-four hours he'd be in Quat, rendezvousing with the task force of escort cruisers and hyperspace tow ships, and in four days he'd have good, solid dreadnought decking under his boots again. Provided, of course, it hadn't fallen victim to some Skywalker-induced catastrophe before he got back to Oriadu. A wicked glint went up in Mara's lethal green eyes. Shame you'll be back in less than two weeks, then. Piet pulled a disgusted face, and she cracked an equally wicked smile. There, there. Leia tells me you did very well for not being a diplomat. High praise coming from her highness? Mm, she likes you, and I don't think she's ever liked an Imperial naval officer. Mara narrowed her eyes at the ramp, beyond which the princess and assorted senior members of the New Republic government who had come to see him off, with considerably more pomp and circumstance than he personally cared for, could be seen leaving the landing pad, returning to the palace complex. Except Galad Pelion, and that cost him one intergalactic peace treaty and an Alderanian moss painting worth millions of credits, what did you do? I, uh, I told her I would be proud to make my applications for New Republic citizenship upon a return to Coruscant. Mara raised one eyebrow at him, and she hit the retraction key for the landing ramp. Not a bad play, Admiral. Not bad at all. I was perfectly sincere. He felt his hackles rise a little. A career carved out amid the cutthroat backroom politics of the Imperial Navy had not trained him in honest gestures, and despite all the practice Skywalker and the Princess and their fellow old-school rebel types had given him, they still made him feel clumsy and vulnerable. She's shown herself to be a leader worth following in every respect. Mara surprisingly offered an apologetic smile. So she has. Natty suspicious mind I've got. The wicked smirk once more. And just think, this is after five years being married to farm boy. Imagine what I used to be like. I try not to, Piet said sincerely. For the best, believe me. Let's get this show on the road. Stow your kits. You got a few minutes while the pre-flight checks finish. Same cabin? Piet asked, hefting his bags again. No, you'll be in the captain's quarters. I'll bunk with Ben. Bags scattered themselves across the deck plates. I beg pardon. Will young Ben be joining us for the flight? She pinned him with a raised eyebrow. Problem? Uh, no, I suppose I just assumed. I mean, not at all, certainly. Her other eyebrow moved towards her hairline, watching him fumble his bags back in order. I, well, it's just I don't really have much experience with children. About time you got some, then. Don't you have a parcel of nieces and nephews back home? She flipped her chin down the corridor. Second hatch on the right. They're all adults, Piet grumbled to himself, collecting his hover case and lumbering down to his quarters. He paused a moment in the hatch, disgruntlement fading as he took in the cabin and its handful of personal touches, a hollow of Luke and Mara on a mag shelf above the double-wide bunk, looking windblown and, in Mara's case, rather sunburnt in a desert, and another hollow running through clips of little Ben. An old flight helmet stamped with the Rebellion's red firebird emblem racked on the bulkhead, the keel plate of another ship bolted to the back of the cabin hatch, with the name Jade's Fire and hand-drawn Arabesh characters. Five minutes in a small crate would have sufficed to pack it all up. Either Jade still subscribed to the Empire's minimalist aesthetic, 
or Skywalker had inherited his father's ascetic inclinations, or both. He nodded approvingly. The locker was none too big, and it took some experimenting to get everything in. Besides the hover case holding his dress uniforms and assorted diplomatic presents he had in his duffel, satchel, and a few briefcases of flimsy work and data chips, a whole case of aged wirons, which had been a welcome home gift from the ambassador for the Imperial Remnant to the Executive's command officers, and last but not least, the item the princess had handed to him at the very last second. It was, she'd said nonchalantly, a message for Vader from somebody called Mos Espa, just an ordinary security cylinder about the size of a lightsaber sealed with a biometric lock but the way she'd held it told him it held something of great significance. He stowed it in the very center of the locker, braced securely between other cases, then sealed the lid down and straightened up, massaging his protesting lower back. Admiral! Mara's steps sounded down the corridor a moment before her head arrived through the cabin hatch. We're about to— She leaned out again, looking suspiciously behind herself down the corridor and then mouthed, Take off. Is that classified information? She gestured down the corridor with her chin— Suffice it to say you don't want to see what would happen if he finds out someone not him is flying this thing. Piet's eyebrows jumped toward his cap brim. Already? he blurted. Skywalker jeans. Also the fact that Luke lets him help any time he flies. She flicked her fingers in a gesture the solo children had instructed him was called air quotes. I see. But fortunately... Piet didn't think he liked that smile. You know all about managing the Skywalker assumption that they are the center of the space-born universe. Think you can distract him until I get us into hyperspace? I'll do my best. How hard could it be? Fair warning, Mark continued, leading the way back down the corridor. He's been playing here all morning, so disaster is not too strong a word. She hit the hatch control leading to the passenger lounge. Mother! A small red-headed boy bounced to his feet and launched across the lounge, straight through the greatest concentration of naval firepower that Piet had seen since Endor. Five model Star Destroyers, seven or eight Mon Calamari cruisers, a couple of Corellian corvettes, a disproportionately huge replica of the Millennium Falcon, sundry customized yachts and freighters, and whole squadrons worth of starfighters, mostly X-Wings. So much for minimalism. Solo started it, Norris said. And now everyone we know thinks it's a competition. Kid's gonna wind up owning his own actual Death Star before he hits puberty. Mama! Ben rounded the last Death Star flotilla and hurtled like a proton torpedo into Mara's legs. I spell with that joke! He devolved into busy toddler chatter that Piet quickly realized he did not stand any chance of comprehending. Instead, he craned his hand to get a better look at the innocent, whimsical, tiny individual in whose person prowled the genomes of Darth Vader. So far, they seemed to be achieving perfect incognito. Ben caught him staring and returned the favor, throwing a chubby, pointed finger into the bargain. Mama, who's that? That's Admiral Piet. Mara produced what appeared to be someone's sock from her pocket and bent over to mop up his snotty nose. Can you say hello? The boy hid half his face in her trousers instead, in what Piet could already see was feigned shyness. His enormous gray eyes had much the same cheerful, inquiring spark that Skywalker's did. Ben Owen Skywalker, said Mara sternly. Guilt played comically over his impish countenance. You need to be polite. Say hello. Ben ducked his face further into her legs. I go. Hello, young man. Pleased to make your acquaintance. On a whim, Piet doffed his cap and was rewarded with a bright giggle. Have you been helping your mother get the ship ready to fly? Ben abandoned all pretensions to timidity. As I patient with Mama and I too. As her Mama. The explanation dissolved into a gush of incomprehensible syllables and mysterious gesticulations. 
He certainly has, said Mara. This morning, for instance, he washed all of Mommy's socks in the fresher bowl. Did he? said Piet. Note to self, keep cabin hatch firmly locked at all times. And then put them all over my bed to dry, she continued, for which I blame his father, who showed him how he does laundry on the lady. Ben, bored of all this adult conversation above his head, hung from her knees imploringly. Is Pet fine, Mama? Mommy has to work for a little bit. Why don't you play with Uncle Piet? Uncle Piet? stammered the newly christened addition to the Skywalker clan. Don't tell me you're scared of the competition. Well, said Piet, when you put it that way. Ben surveyed him up and down with much the same impress-me-if-you-can attitude Piet remembered from the day he'd met Vader. Is five patients, Uncle Piet? I believe I can, so to speak, wing it. Forty years in the Navy had to be good for a few transferable skills. Mara's slight smile might have meant anything. If it gets too interesting, ping me on the intercom, safety harness seating on that bulkhead. The hatch whooshed shut behind her. Piet eyed it for a nervous moment before berating himself for a coward and finding a spot on the carpet. Ben instantly pushed a fistful of starfighters at him. That's Uncle Hobby, a long hash-marked stripe. And that's Uncle Taco, calligraphy of some kind, maybe old Iranian. And I'd not play with Uncle Wes. He pointed at the overhead, where yet another X-Wing model hung from a short cable. Piet squinted at it curiously. Ah, Uncle Wes was inordinately fond of scantily clad females. There was an insistent yank on his sleeve. Piet looked down and nearly impaled an eyeball on the prow of yet another X-Wing. Did data! The fighter jerked impetuously in Ben's waving fist, and had Piet not dodged to the left, would have drilled his left nostril cavity a full centimeter deeper than designed by nature. He studied Ben's hand so as to get a good look. The X-Wing had a large fragmented circle marked on it that must be a kill badge representing the first Death Star, so perhaps the mysterious Uncle Weds and his semicircle had contributed to the demise of the second, and a little blue and white astromach picked out in loving detail. I see, and a fine ship it is, too. As five spaceship! Ben plopped down, held out the X-Wing, and the tiny ship took flight, hovering six inches over his chubby palm. Uzdut! he ordered, pointing a hereditary forefinger at his playmate. Piet picked up Unca Taco. No more to the child hadn't batted an eye at the notion of Unca Pete. Uncles were obviously a desecrated dozen in his world, and flipped it over, looking for the power switch. Odd, he said to himself after a moment. Does this one not have repulses built in? Something twittered the electronic equivalent of a snigger behind him, and Piet twitted round in the corner of the cabin beside the hatch, where it had escaped his line of sight until now. An old but well-maintained astromech droid was hooked up to a charging station. Its coloration matched the droid in Ben's model. I do! Ben screeched and pointed at Piet. That's Uncle Piet! The idea of making introductions in the other direction as well did not occur to him, but then they weren't really necessary. You, Piet said to it accusingly, can only be all too d For an entity without proper appendages, the droid did a remarkable impression of Solo's Corellian salute. You nearly got me killed at Bespin. I still can't believe Lord Vader didn't strangle us all. Exactly how the Falcon's crew had managed to diagnose what Piet had considered a quite sly bit of sabotage in time to hyper out of the Empire's clutches was one of many skin-of-the-teeth escapes Skywalker had demystified for them during his stay aboard the Lady, and by no means the only one to have hinged on the devious talents of his obsolete astromech R2-D2. Piet, though come to think of it, not Lord Vader, had been greatly nonplussed. 
being bested by a 20-something rebel with supernatural arcane powers was frustrating enough. Losing to said rebel's infernal mechanical sidekick was downright insulting. The diminutive devil in question blatted something that resembled an apology in much the same way Lord Vader resembled a plushy toy. Ben pushed impatiently at Piet's hands. Who's doot, Uncle Piet? I'm trying, Piet told him. I'd not try, Ben said severely. I'd doot! Quoting Jedi proverbs already, I see. Piet turned over the toy starfighter in quest of a repulsor switch. Won't your grandfather be delighted? The astromech twittered. Piet shouted a stern look. As long as you're sitting there amusing yourself at my expense, perhaps you could help me find the repulsors on this. He held up Uncle Taco. He hadn't really expected any help. It gave a certain impression of being a one-man droid, but a string of chatter blasted back at him. Piat held up a hand. Wait, wait, one moment. He dug out his data pad. My binary was never all that good, may I? The astromech condescended to be hooked up to the pad, and a moment later text flowed onto the screen. Repeat objective statement. The toy does not possess repulsion mechanisms. Piat looked back at the ship still bobbing over Ben's shoulder. But that one... Patience at an end, Ben flung a hand out, and the fighter in Piet's fingers jerked like a live thing. Astonished, Piet let it go and watched it swoop in a shaky circle, weaving back around to his hand. Who's doot? Ben insisted. Piet stared in amazement, first at Ben and then at R2-D2, who, for not having a face, was making an enormously smug one. Procedural recommendation. Tell him he must apply the same interface protocol as when playing with Unit Human Han Solo or Unit Human Wedge Antilles. Piet's eyebrows scrunched in the effort to parse the suggestion, but it seemed Ben understood some binary already, at least enough to catch the names. His thunderous little brow cleared in comprehension. Who's five pace of a dish? he pronounced, and with great gravity of countenance proceeded to move Piet's arm for him, as if this was not the sort of activity that came naturally to most people. This is time fight. Ah, Piet zoomed the explain experimentally. Pretend flying. What an original imagination you have, young man. R2-D2 chirruped. Observation, welcome to the Skywalker sideshow. Theoretical statement, it is probable that unit human and Skywalker also believes that the Force is how real ships fly. Piet glanced back at little Ben, who was now the hub of a four-starfighter orbital system. I didn't realize these uh, talents could manifest at such a young age. Calculation. Observed activities approximately 62.6% attributable to uploads of new operating instructions, most often by primary Luke Skywalker and primary R.J. Skywalker. Piet frowned, half his thoughts occupied with translating the curious metaphors into something understandable, the other half observing that this unit had to be decades overdue for a memory wipe. You mean they teach him to do this? Qualification. Observed activities approximately 37.4% attributable to innate coding. He does it instinctively. Affirmative. Supporting evidence. His gyroscopic and navigational functions are not prone to error, contrary to observed humanoid averages. Two, he locates objects without visual reference. Three, he is equipped with sensors for detecting unquantifiable data inputs such as thoughts and feelings. 3A. When he detects high-intensity readings for these data, he often experiences system overloads. Abnormally good physical coordination knew where things were without seeing them, and could sense people's emotions and had meltdowns when they were too intense for him. He might be getting the hang of this droid lingo. It must be very challenging to raise a child with such abilities. Observation. You wouldn't believe the tantrums. Oh, Piet said with a perfectly straight face. 
I think I would. R2 chittered wicked amusement. Recalculation. Good point. Uncle Pip! Something sharp-cornered and metal dug into his kneecap, dragging his focus back down. Ben was proudly exhibiting yet another starfighter. It was good gods. It was a homemade X-1 interceptor, pieced together out of parts scavenged from other models and possibly a few comlink components. There was even a little Imperial craft on the cockpit hatch. This gamba, Ben informed him. Asmekos! Piet exchanged skeptical looks with R2. You made it all by yourself. Ben gave this some thoughts. Asmekos would die to mama. Memory log reports. Model Starfighter was constructed during hollow call from primary Skywalker on 12-13-25, precisely 26.88 standard days ago. Primary Skywalker provided instructions for materials and assembly. Ah, oh, said Piet. Your father called and showed you and your mother how to build the ship. Memory log report. I sighted the wings on. I see that on coming, Ben said gravely. I got that go pay with Gumper. While Piet involuntarily explored the intriguing question of whether a human lung could be ejected directly through the nostrils, R2 chuttered impudently. Assessment. That is a correct assessment of their interactions. Piet glared at him. You're not helping. He can read minds at this distance, you know. Qualification, but not circuits. Conclusion, that's your problem. A data play follow grandpa? Ben chirped. Please, the gods not with my ship, Piet muttered. Lord Vader might be a pilot par excellence, but he had a certain distressing tendency to assume that every craft he got his hands on was more or less a TIE fighter. Ben clambered to his feet and pointed at Piet's face. Who's supposed to follow Grandpa? Uncle Piet? Uh, well, I suppose after a manner of speaking, yes. Assessment. So that's what took you so long in the unknown regions. I can't understand how you've gone this long without someone dumping you at a recycling center, Piet told it. I suppose follow Grandpa? Piet winced. Oh, ah. Uh. Calculation. Facial analysis indicates 73% probability that negative answer may initiate a system overload. And have you considered what a positive answer may initiate? Piet hissed, flicking a thumb toward the hatch. Though she clearly had a high tolerance for risk, she must to have married into this family of daredevils. He couldn't see Mara Jade happily scheduling playdates for her not-even-two-year-old and his despotic Sith Lord grandfather. He had no idea whether they planned to introduce the child to Vader at all. The man could give adults nightmares just standing there and breathing, yet alone impressionable younglings, especially younglings who, per R2's claim of a moment ago, were extremely sensitive to negative emotions, something Darth Vader was probably generating at Hurricane Force 90% of the time. R2 shifted anxiously on his treads. Procedural recommendation, stall. Piet shot another hopeful glance toward the hatch, but no Mara appeared for him to pass the buck to, and he could still feel the vibration of sublight engines and a faint gravitational pressure, several minutes yet to hyper. He looked back down and was met with a budding scowl suggestive of increasing impatience and homicidal ancestry. Well, I don't know. Not so easily was the descendant of Darth Vader satisfied. As go why? Piet cast about him helplessly. How did one translate this sort of thing into toddler-sized terminology? Because... Because Grandpa might not want to play flying. An Arminthic nun at a hot strip club could not have produced a more scandalized expression than Ben did. He clearly held it as a truth self-evident and universal that no sentient being could aspire to any greater joy than to play flying. As goes why? Piet tried to swallow the pitten that suddenly seemed to be squirming in his throat. 
He'd pitied the three solo children, so young and naive to be saddled with such a dark and a brutal relative, but innocent little Ben, who'd never imagined anything more terrible than perhaps one of his toy ships breaking, how could he even begin to understand? Well, Ben, I... I can't really... Artu interrupted with an urgent, melancholy wail. Memory log reports. Prior to 19 BBY, primary Anakin Skywalker smiled 73% more frequently when engaged in flight activities. Memory log report. Primary Anakin Skywalker experienced a severe malware infection. Darth Vader in 19 BBY, which caused extensive corruption of his operating system files, required extensive hardware reconstruction, and overrode his unit designation. Conclusion. Present response to flight activities not predictable. Just one moment, Piet sputtered at it. You knew Lord Vader before. Ben tugged insistently at Piet's kneecaps. Other two say. He says he says that your grandfather became very sad a long time ago, and he might not be better yet. How did you know Lord Vader before? A sad? Pressed Ben. R2 screeched disapproval at this translation. Memory log report. Primary behaviors expressed by primary Anakin Skywalker on Darth Vader. Between 19 BBY and 4 ABY are anger and aggression. Yes, Piet said stubbornly, glaring at the astromech. Very sad, and sometimes because he is so sad he gets angry. R2 made a rude noise. Piet glanced at the data pad and hastily covered it, in case Ben's precocity extended to reading. But Ben was busy turning over his toy tie interceptor with surprisingly thoughtful eyes. As cousin by Bramamekos? Piet frowned. I beg pardon, what? Ben frowns too. As the Bebraman! As we said! Piet sighed and turns to R2. I, I don't suppose you know what he's talking about. Clarification. He's querying if the very bad man made primary Anakin Skywalker sad. The last word was accentuated with a decidedly crude blat. Piet scowled and had to remind himself he was not addressing a sentient being, but a piece of programming with a seriously underserviced personality subroutine. Somehow it was hard to believe. And who is this very bad— Good gods! The half-meter-tall face of the Emperor had materialized amid the reproduction of his lost fleet, scowling none too benevolently at Piet as if holding him personally responsible for its destruction at Endor. R2 twittered and rescaled the projection to full body at the same height, which helped, but not much. Ben squealed at once, I see, said Piet sourly. That very bad. He stopped dead. Rather the way Mara just had in the hatch. He hadn't even felt the ship make the jump. Looking into her slitted, poison-green eyes, he doubted he'd ever feel it come out of hyperspace either. Never had the phrase, mad as a mother gundark, looked less metaphorical. Piet tried out the words, this is not what it looks like, in his head, and wondered how he could make them sound more convincing. History lesson? Mara purred. Piet swallowed. Of assault. Privately, he vowed that, unless he was spaced out the airlock in the next five minutes, he would seize the first available opportunity to kick R2-D2 in the motivators. Mama! Asbeth Batman! Ben was waving a pudgy hand through the Imperial countenance. Yes, growled Mara. Lethal green gaze zeroed on Piet like a pair of Death Stars. He was a very, very bad man. Ben scampered into the center of the cabin, arms flung wide to include all listeners, organic and mechanical, in what he seems to consider a supremely urgent announcement. Uncle Peter said, Bebamam Megumpa said. Sad. R2 blooped something smug, but Piet decided he might as well go down guns blazing. Sad, he repeated stubbornly. And sometimes, 
Ben bobbed his head up and down with all the excitement of a scientist discovering a new natural law. Campai's like mama! Bebaman is my gooseberry son! Piet blinked in total surprise, then realization dawned, and he looked at the woman who'd been the Emperor's hand. She stood quite still for several seconds, expression inscrutable. Then she came and knelt beside Ben, staring at the projection. Yes. The very bad man made Mommy very sad, too, once. As angry? Yes. Very sad and very angry. Her hand caressed Ben's hair and old ghosts stirred in her eyes. The very bad man took Grandpa away and taught him to do very bad things, just like Mommy. Or two cooed sadly. But when Daddy found us, he helped us remember how bad the very bad man was, and he helped make us happy again. She spoke in measured, almost reverent tones, and Piet understood. It was not a simple story, but a sacred catechism, a legacy to be unpacked a little more each year as Ben grew in understanding. He wondered what someone as generous and trusting and luminous as Skywalker could possibly have seen to love in the caustic, pessimistic, and, well, jaded Emperor's hand. But perhaps at core they were not so different. Both bared themselves to their worst demons for the sake of those they loved. Both held themselves to the highest standard of personal courage, and even now were teaching it to their son. Of course, as far as said son was currently concerned, this was all just first-rate entertainment. Doesn't make Batman go away. Yes, the very bad man went away forever and ever. I'll make Batman go away. Ben swung his pudgy fist at the projection, making up an enthusiasm what he lacked in accuracy and coordination. R2 whistled exuberantly and made the projection dart left, right, waver, tumble onto the carpet, and finally wink out under the stomping of tiny bare feet. Ben flung his arms up in a sort of victory dance. Batman go away! As make Mama happy. Piet probably shouldn't be grinning at the spectacle of his sworn monarch's likeness being trampled to death by a toddler, but found he couldn't help it. R2 made the astromech equivalent of a snicker. Mara swept him up in both arms and hugged him tightly, perhaps to conceal a suspicious glimmering in her eyes. Yes. You make Mommy very, very happy. Ben squirmed, waving his model tie interceptor. As make Grandpa happy? Mara ran a gentle hand through his hair. Well, you'll have to wait and find out when you see him. I said, Grandpa? Soon, Ben. Very soon. The text of this story can be found on AO3 and fanfiction.net. The music is Guitar Blues by Sylvester Weaver. Special thanks to Sakiko. For more stories that I've read, visit my website at samgabrielvo.com. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.